5: Now let's get this party
1: started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Get a Levar.
4: Yeah. <laughs> get a LeVar. Yeah. Yeah. Throw him up, Burdo. Throw him up, burdo, Throw him up. Yeah.
2: season, Birdo. That's right, yeah. cabrones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bad is, boys uh, look good, too. Oh, man. Birdo is doing it. What, Birdo you, was a flexing. cactus salsa. That's, That's not cactus, big boy. What's that? What, what, That's, what is it? That, Los that, that? Pasilla,
6: yeah. pasilla Chiles. Peppers only used to make chili rellenos. Those aren't cactus? Oh, no, bro. Really? Sounds good. No. Those are, those are explosive. One, those too. are the ones that you use to make chili rellenos. Oh. All
2: uh, oh, uh, for the chili relleno tamales, which yeah. are the what best you tamales by you. far. Yeah. Oh, geez, thank so
4: you. good, but explosive. Oh, oh it
0: is. It's going to be a problem for someone yeah, next say.
4: You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: You eat uh, you eat a couple of tamales no
4: of a flavor that is, huh? Yeah, L- uh, explosion of flavor.
2: Oh, huh? uh, you eat.
4: Gosh, a- hey, listening to Berto just describe
0: them sounds delicious. Yeah. Say that like, again. What kind of chilies are they? Pasilla
6: are they? chiles, oh, man. Simon. Pasilla
0: chiles. Oh, right.
6: Gracias, papi.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> hey, they're oh, only on, so made it? for what?
6: Chile rellenos. Oh, oh. Dios
2: mio, papi. Uh,
0: Dios oh, mio. Oh my oh God. My heart is on fire.
3: Oh,
4: my God.
2: Be still, right. mi heart. <laughs> ah, uh, this is. I clearly know no Spanish. That's all right. Listen, uh, and it, would
4: never try to jump into that conversation.
2: Yeah, well, listen, you know, Brady and I, uh, Brady Quinez and Jonas Knoxes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that was
2: an uh, E-S or E-Z? Yeah, it? That's
4: an Oh, what is it, easy? Yeah, easy? Come
2: on. That's how we do yeah, it. Come on. By the way, the yeah. chili Riano tamales are the best ones by far. By yeah, far. So, it's,
6: uh, so those are the, the pastilla peppers. You roast them on the, on the stovetop, and, and then they put them in a bag, and then they start steaming, and then the, you peel it right off. You pull it. You pull it off all the the black stuff, that, and then the take the seeds out. Hit, hit the button. And then you uh, hit the button. You uh, saute those with onion and garlic. It's
2: hit the button. So good, man. And cheese. They put cheese oh. in that. Hey, hey,
4: By the way, that that uh, that stove top looked real, real serious. Like real, like y'all be cooking for real. That's you know, right, that's my yeah, mom, it,
2: it, yeah, dude, he doesn't it, mess around. It, that an, thing look for real. It is the it's a pain in the ass. Not yeah, a word. Like my wife's family's coming over this weekend, and they're gonna do it, and it's already a problem. Like it's, it's,
6: there's already nobody wants to my, help. My mom had already made her own tamales, and I brought like uh, ten pounds of meat. And she's like, No, 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 I'm not making ten pounds of meat of tamales. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah,
2: that's yeah. like because
6: you, yeah. like, you make them. I'm em, not gonna be here all day making tamales. Because like, yeah. you make them once, out. and then and,
2: and then you freeze them. Cause, exactly, because you yeah. don't want to have to make them again. Yeah. <laughs> you just do one time for yeah, the whole yeah. season. I
4: think we should sell two pros and a cup of Joe uh, Berto special tamales.
6: I
2: I agree. I Let's we do it. Do
4: that. Yep.
2: Got to come do. up with a good name. I got to
6: get it. a Vitamix first though. Oh yeah, it makes that, it that easier. blender is amazing.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah. It'll okay. speed I was up trying the to figure that
4: out, but yeah, you did send that in the message.
2: It's a, a business expense, it like, wait, what Yeah. What do you mean
4: by Vitamix? I mean I got dumped last hour. Yeah i yeah, about but to get dumped, him. I to get dumped again <laughs> I, I really didn't realize that that's what that meant <laughs> i mean it's funny as hell though i'll tell you that <laughs> funny as hell <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah those pictures got to tell the story huh? uh it's very uncomfortable it's just uh,
4: funny that you send a picture and, and you know what the meaning <laughs> of it is supposed to be so you immediately look for what it is that the meaning is doesn't oh, look comfortable
2: yeah. at all no, at all yeah, no no it doesn't no, not at all <laughs> um I so, wonder, is it appealing
4: <laughs> is that is that like a status thing
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm not willing to be a part of that status. That's too uncomfortable, but hey, you know, maybe some people are into that stuff. Uh, All right, so it is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio, and we are bringing this show to you live here from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, so we may have ourselves... A little make good from the NFL gods. Because it looks like we're going to get a snow game on Saturday night. We are going to yeah. get our asses a snow game Woo. Saturday night in Buffalo, in Orchard Park, no, at no. Highmark Stadium. Yeah. All right. You want to hear the updated weather? The updated weather from. Highmark Stadium, I've got the report here. All right, my I'm using my Doppler radar, and I do have the updated weather. So the kickoff is for 8.15 Eastern time, and we are looking at 29 degrees, 81% chance of snow, and winds at 12 miles an hour, hmm. which probably... Plays right into the hands of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I w- I would figure they would have all the advantages here. The Miami Dolphins in this situation, going up to play the Buffalo Bills, with Miami struggling the way they are, and uh, but Tua Tagovailoa, their quarterback, he wanted to clear everything up for everybody that feels like this might be an issue for Miami going into that element. Here was Tua. Could
4: be snowing, could rain. I don't know. For me, at least, it's a mindset thing. And if I'm too focused and worried about, is it too cold? Can I really grab the ball? Then I, you know, I would say I'm focused on the wrong things.
0: Have you seen snow before?
4: Yeah, it snowed uh, in Alabama my first year. Yeah, so it snows in Alabama, guys. <laughs> I know. I mean, people don't know that. You know, there's some people that just think, oh, it just gets cold in Alabama. It, it does snow.
2: All right, so let me ask you guys this: a couple of well, couple can I of,
0: add some yeah. context to how the Dolphins are prepared? I, I know you you really want to get into this, but uh, this is according to Cameron Wolf, by the way. The Dolphins yesterday they were practicing in the indoor facility with the AC blasting, guys. It felt like it was in the 50s, (laughs) low 60s to prepare for this game. Oh,
2: my God. (laughs) So they're ready to go. So
0: just in case (laughs) (laughs) you thought the Dolphins are pulling out all stops to to somehow train in in freezing temperatures, frigid temperatures. They are. They're wasting all our energy and resources on this planet just to cool down their indoor enough. To be 50 or 60 inside.
2: They're ready to go then. I mean, so everything's fine. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, exact same. Everything's same. fine.
4: No big yeah, deal. Yeah, hey, that's way it's off. cold
2: indoor.
0: Degrees.
4: Same as <laughs> Buffalo outside. Same, same.
2: All right. Let me ask you guys a question, though, because as growing up in Ohio and Pennsylvania, there are different types of snow, right?
4: There's but, different oh, types yeah. of cold.
2: So. There's
4: different types of cold. So
2: Miami's screwed.
4: Yeah. I ain't going to say they're screwed, <laughs> But that cold, I mean. I, I'm telling you, that, that cold. See, here's the thing, though. If you're playing in a cold, cold environment, as long as you can warm yourself back up, it's not really as bad. It's actually worse for the fans, to be honest, because that like one of the biggest motivations when you play in cold weather, whether it's your home field, because they're going to be cold, too whether it's your home field or or you're going somewhere else, you want to get off on the field and then get right back off. And not just for the simple fact of, you know, if your defense you want to get on and off so that you can get your offense back there, uh, back on the field. If your offense is on, you want to get scores so that, you know, you're putting the you know putting the game in in a good place so you you guys have you know the opportunity to get off of the field as well at times and 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 you know what you get to that heated seat you get they give you a coat you know if you need a coat you put your helmet nowadays like because back in the days they didn't even really have the thing you could put your helmet on now keep your helmet warm but you know you get to sit on that seat and it gets really hot like it actually starts to kind of like burn your tail where you got to stand up and get off of it. So it keeps your, your feet warm. They got, like, the heat that comes through the floor. They have the heat that goes through the seat, and it's actually really comfortable. So it's, it's it could be a little bit overblown. Now, throwing the ball, I would give that to you, Q, but I'm just saying in terms of, like, your comfort level of how warm you are and, and how that plays a part and affects how you play – it really isn't that bad when you're talking about small portions of time where you're off that heated bench. So there you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, uh, as far as just talking about the, the conditions, the weather, I've said this probably a thousand times working with, with you, Jonas, the cold, just, it obviously impacts your grip. All right. If you can't feel your hand as well, you're not gonna be able to feel the grip of the football as well. If you can't feel the grip of the football as well, it's gonna be harder for you to spin it. Right. And if you add in any wind to that, that's when you get some inaccurate passes, some ducks, some wobblers, things like that. And so that, that's really what it comes down to uh, for quarterbacks at least, which is you know, probably the biggest concern for, for everyone else. I mean, it, it's like playing in cold weather is playing in cold weather. You, know, yeah. you should be fine. You know, you'll be able to stay warm and all that. But it, it really comes down to how it impacts the quarterback, the, his grip on the football in the passing game. Uh, and, and, that, and that's unfortunately, I think, for Miami, like really what they've been built off of, right? is, you know, the Cheetah, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, their speed. And they're not built to go up to Buffalo and just run the ball 30, 35 times and go win the game. And so, look, if they could do that, then they could prove me wrong. But I think they're in a really tough spot. Yeah, this just this, this plays into the hands of the buffalo bills right now. Uh, they picked a, that
2: they picked a bad time to go on a losing streak. This is uh yeah. this is not an ideal time. Uh Is there
0: ever a good time to go on a losing streak? Well, I mean,
2: deal you know, early in the season, you got time to make up for it. Now they're going to be staring 8 and 6 square in the eyes. By the way, bills minus 7. Bills minus 7. Huh? Oh yeah. I mean, oh, listen. Yeah. Like, uh, I I'm uh, I mean, actually I'm surprised it's Colts not more. Say. I got to tell crystals. you, I mean, like a seven-point spread. I mean, I mean, listen, uh, Mike, you're not Al. I could go to Al. I know he's got money on it, but golly. I just think in this spot, Buffalo minus seven feels like the pick here, and it feels like it could get, could get ugly in a hurry. It feels like Tyree Kill and all those guys are going to be neutralized, and Buffalo's going to put on a show and get back to what the Bills have looked like. Plus, they want to get a little revenge. They lost to Miami earlier this season. There was questions about whether or not uh, the Bills were the best team in the AFC Eastern Miami was legit and so now Miami's going to be looking at a three-game losing streak and they're barely holding on to that sixth spot with New England sitting one spot behind and the Chargers starting to find a little bit of a rhythm
0: is Field. there a is there random a thought of the day yeah could Brock Purdy be John Harbaugh's son he looks huh. just like a young John Harbaugh
6: great point
2: huh great have you point. ever
4: looked looked at those two I'm telling you huh. man they look very similar
2: yeah, it, I, although is I,
4: the Bills stadium is, is that grass, by the way? It's turf, no, yeah. it, it is turf. Okay, yeah, and I don't know if, if that's his illegitimate child because that's what he would have to be, I think.
0: For- well, I'm not saying that, jeez. I'm just saying,
4: like, it does look like he could be a son. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm saying, <laughs> what, what you're talking about. Harbaugh was getting, he does look like a Harbaugh. Wow, I told you. Whoa. Isn't it crazy? Let
0: me see this. And you know what it Whoa. is? If you look at, like, a headshot of Harbaugh smiling, like, they both have the same, like, headshot, but smiling.
4: Whoa. That's crazy. That is kind of scary close.
2: Yeah, he also – yeah, it's John Harbaugh. Not
4: Jim, it's definitely John, John the Ravens yeah. head coach. And yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, Ravens head coach.
2: Also, the guy who does – the voiceovers for uh, a Football Life documentaries on NFL Network. God, what the hell is that guy's name? He's an actor. It looks a little bit like know, that guy as well, too. Bit. John.
0: I mean, this really, John, there's really John has nothing Charles to do with Charles. that guy. It just has to do with John Harbaugh and Brock Purdy. Okay, That's all. So, yeah, I
4: agree. So don't ruin the bit. Don't ruin the
2: bit. Told you on air a thousand times. Okay, so Told you just
4: on air a thousand keep times. It, I'm just keeping. Don't notes ruin here. the
2: bit. All right, I'm just keeping notes on all this stuff. But yeah, so so Brock for oh, yeah Josh Charles. All right, look up Josh Charles. Let's He's get, from Baltimore. A sensitive over there. I'm I, just hit, I hit you.
4: you with the right name. You got. I, I was right, huh? There you go. Telling you. Did look you up, hear me say Josh Charles? Yeah.
2: So now that's I'm looking at buddies. Josh Charles. Listen, Josh Charles, I, I think that's that's on the up and up there. I think I think we're looking at, at him and John Harbaugh is very similar to Brock Purdy. I was just throwing it out there. I would, yeah, you know.
4: Josh Charles doesn't look as much. I mean, doesn't look he, he, close. Yeah. Okay, it looks like Harbaugh might need to do a DNA test, man. Like Twenty Three and Me. Can we take
2: out the accessory. previous com, minute from know. the podcast, Lee? So just the Josh Charles stuff. I didn't mean to throw that in there. So oh, I just want okay. to steer away from that if we could. F 8 So oh, the, the problem is,
0: the problem is is the guy you said doesn't even look close.
2: No, that's not. Close. I know that's why we're taking it out. Yeah. Like it's gonna be gone.
0: I'm glad you got it in there though.
2: So like that was important. Like I, I needed, was important you yeah, to get into that. I just I had to. And I, I needed to make sure I got it in there. So huh. So there it is. That is your update on huh. Brock Purdy's doppelganger who happens to be the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, um, not not Josh Charles. Yeah, not at all. But again, we're taking all that out. Oh,
4: yeah, that's gone. yeah. That's yeah, God.
2: So. <laughs> that's God. That's right. Uh, so that'll conclude our coverage of the snow game in Buffalo between the Dolphins and the Bills. <laughs> it is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. And fellas, it's time to stop treating your groins like junk. Introducing the Gillette Intimate Pubic Hair Trimmer, a gentle and easy shave from America's number one trusted men's grooming brand. Show you your pubic region some respect with Gillette intimate the best a man can get all right it's so coming up next the NFL has got a problem they've said they're going to address the problem unfortunately it popped up again last night we'll get into that for you right here on FSR
1: be sure to catch live editions of two pros in a cup of joe with Brady Quinn Lavar Arrington and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app
2: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at oreillyauto.com/2pros. That's oreillyauto.com/2pros.
5: If you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss.
2: Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up, we'll call a little, a little over 20 minutes from now. We're going to get into a story in the NFL in which there's one person who apparently is holding everyone hostage. Apparently holding everyone hostage. We'll have that for you here on FSR. So uh, last night we had another roughing the passer penalty called oh my uh, in gosh. the game. On, Was that uh, the
4: worst one yet? That's the um, worst one I've seen.
2: I don't like, know. Dude. The just one say on, don't touch him. The one Chris Jones on Derek Carr was pretty bad. That one
4: was really that was bad. bad. That um, was bad. But
2: Nick Bosa got popped for one, and it was an interception that was returned. It was a touchdown. A, yeah, a pick six, and then it got nullified because there was a roughing the passer on Nick Bosa. <coughs> and so, of course, everybody was uh, pretty pissy about it afterwards. And then Nick Bosa just kind of, hey little matthew mcconaughey type vibe from nick bosa and he talked about it following the game i landed on him it was i just kind of i don't know i thought he still had the ball i was kind of thinking about while well, i was going to the ground whether he had the ball or not and i forgot to roll off um, i'm usually better at doing that so um, it was a good call i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh, <bless
0: it. laughs> first off he was i mean he was kind of around people like that's the one thing i don't understand about the rule from the nfl standpoint is what do you want these players to do like he hit him and he was around he's like around the pocket like there's other bodies and legs and people that he's either hitting into and getting hurt he's hitting into them they're getting hurt like i just i don't know how you prevent what has always been a a, a typical play one of the quarterbacks in the pocket and gets sacked or gets hit like you can't prevent some certain things from happening. If the quarterback gets hurt, he gets hurt. Like I'm I'm a quarterback and I'm saying this. I think it's an unfair rule in the league. And I think it obviously in, in that game too. completely. I mean, I changed it to make it where like the, you know, Seattle looked like they had a shot. But I mean, that game's over at that point. Yeah. So I just I hate seeing it. Honestly, I think it's awful for the game.
4: He was, he's such a dope athlete. He got to him again and found a way to be going to the ground with Geno and, and not putting his weight on top of the quarterback once they hit the ground. I, I, the, the, biggest, the biggest issue I have here is, is that you're putting these defensive players in a position where they're in harm's way now. And and the reason why they're in harm's way is because they are ultimately, the less you have to think about, the 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 better you are at reacting. And the, when you react, that's you know you're lessening the the chances of you getting hurt. If I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to hit him? How am I going to land? What do I do if he lets the ball go? What do I do if if he still has it? Like. Like you're, there are so many. How high am I? Am I too low to 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 try to get them down? Like it, it's like, am I too high to try to get them down? It's it it really is compromising these guys in those moments. Like if they're they're in the open field, if they're in the sack zone, wherever it may be, the way these rules are playing out with with the contact situation is, it's really, really compromising defenders. I I really believe that, and that puts them in danger, and I don't know that that's right.
2: Um, Troy Vincent, he's the EVP of Football Ops, your buddy there, LeVar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said they're going to discuss the possibility of making these reviewable in the offseason. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And I'll believe that it'll go longer than a year when I see that, too, because we went down this road with roughing with a pass interference after the NFC championship game between the Rams and Saints. And it was a sham. Like It, it was a waste of time by the time the season was coming to an end. I just I I, I don't know on, on these, quote unquote, judgment calls, like I, I don't know what the solution is other than. We're at this point, and by the way, you know the counter to this is going to be, well, roughing the passer calls are down significantly from last year. But the point is, in these big spots when everybody's talking about it, and this is multiple times now that we can just think off the top of our head of roughing the passer calls that we've seen in big primetime games, it's going to cost somebody a playoff game like it did, and that's the that's when I think there's going to be some change. I'm just skeptical that they're going to do anything this off offseason. Mm. I, I just don't see it happening. But... This is the NFL. So congratulations. What everybody wanted. And uh, and now we get to have more fun with the NFL well, and these questionable calls.
0: Let me ask you guys this. So this rules put into place to protect who? Quarterbacks, Quarterbacks right? Yes. Cuz they're the face of the franchise. They're, they're, they're the face of the league. All right, what's one of the best stories that we literally let off the show talking about? Brock Purdy. There you go. Like like there's examples of that. Like the Jets brought in Mike White and now, you know, he's been helping to uplift their offense and give them a shot of still making the playoffs. Like you you go through the league and at some point you have to realize like it's football, man. I don't care if it's a non contact injury or an injury that occurs due to contact, guys are gonna get hurt. Quarterbacks are gonna get hurt. And and I know you're trying to limit that as much as possible, but you can't protect them for everything. And you, and you have to, at some point, too, lean into some of these other stories and some of these good stories that are out there. And it's what makes football teams and games interesting. And I think you know, there's a need for depth there, too, at the quarterback position. So I just... I, I think it's so short-sighted of the NFL to implement a rule like this, whereas LeVar put it, like, you're protecting a quarterback, but you're actually putting defensive players now at risk. And on top of that, like, we have some of the best stories right now in the NFL... Are backups playing, Brock Purdy playing, Mike White playing? You know, some of these things that have occurred in some cases due to injury, in other cases just due to poor play. But either way, you get to see new faces at that position. I just, it, it, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow to watch, I think, if you're a fan and you see a pick six or a big play like that, and then you see it wiped away for, for what? Like most people who are watching football nowadays, they don't look at that and think roughing the passer. And, and I think the NFL really needs to take a good, hard look at the language or, or how the play actually occurs to determine if it's really worth the penalty and how it's impacting games right now. Especially as we get you know, more involved with you know, gambling and gaming, um, because that's the other thing. It's like how that em- ends up impacting the game based on spreads, totals, over-unders
2: and all that. By the way, do you think it's better that it's reviewable by somebody upstairs or that a coach can challenge it? Like if you were, if you were to fix roughing the passer, and if this is really a point of emphasis like Troy Vincent said well, it's going to be.
0: E- even, even if the coach can, ch- can challenge it, it's still being reviewed by someone upstairs. Exactly. Which, and by the way, the process for the NFL is not someone upstairs. It's New York. It goes back to the folks in New York. So that's who you're ultimately you know, giving the power to. And I, I think there's always been a thought, and, and again, I, I don't mean to pick out college football as the beacon of hope or light of how replay should be conducted, but you have replay officials there on site, and those replay officials there on site are the ones actually handling it in college football. It, it's an efficient process. They do a good job in particular, for the most part, you know, ruling on targeting plays of that nature and what's within the rule book. And the NFL can do the same thing. But I think, you know, that the NFL office wants to have a stranglehold on everything they do and to find consistency. Yet, I think that's one of the biggest issues is they, their officials lack consistency game by game. And even how you, I mean, maybe not the rough and the passer call, but a lot of the calls that have been made, they lack the consistency that you see in others. So I just, I think you could clean this up a lot, but I don't know that the NFL is willing to do that. I think it's one of the reasons why you've seen so many people leave the NFL office who've been on the officiating side or the rules and competition committee and you look at the guys like, you know, Dean Blandino, Mike Pereira, I'm not speaking for them, but they they leave to go to these other jobs and they're just like, yeah, it's a probably a better gig than dealing with the NFL that just doesn't seem to want to get this thing right.
2: Yeah, where you're basically having to play by what the NFL rule book is and it's still pissing everybody off. Like you imagine by the way, you imagine being an official, you know at best fifty percent of the crowd likes you at best by the time the game's over and yet now it's being played out on national television and when the officials get called for it and these people get outraged they're the ones that get buried for it and I also like how people afterwards say well shouldn't they have to you know answer questions shouldn't they help be held accountable for this stuff like aren't they making calls based on the rule book they're handed by the league and if there's a point of emphasis on a call that they want to look at during a course of a season like isn't that that's that's told to them. Like remember was it was it holding? Was it a couple of years ago it was like holding or illegal hands to the face or something like that was a point of emphasis. And then you saw the numbers jump up and all that. Like it feels like they're just simply doing what they're being instructed by the league and sort of just, it's kind of a kill the messenger spot for these officials, and, and thus everybody gets pissed off and, and maybe they're yelling at the wrong people. I don't know. I just, I don't see how this is going to get solved. But, you know, I mean, maybe Lavar can get Troy Vincent on the phone. We can hammer this out together.
0: Well, he's had a lot to say recently, LeVar. There's a couple He commented on the combine the other day. I'm not sure if you saw that, but that was, that was interesting. Uh,
2: uh, what, did he, what did he say about that combine? Was, did he compare it to yeah, something? Yeah, what
0: did he say, LeVar? Anything?
4: I didn't see it.
2: Oh.
0: Oh,
4: all right.
2: I'm Come going
0: on. to
4: see it. I I'll, I'll
0: put it this way. I, I, I tend to there, – there are some things to that, the, the combat experience, like standing up there in front of a bunch of bleachers in your underwear with nothing else on, and you're like, oh. what are we doing here? Like, yeah. like, why am I up here? Like, I'll, ne- I'll never forget when John Gruden came to work me out. Like, he showed, he literally showed a picture of me from that. And, I, and he was like, what do we got here? He was like breaking down my body – when we were like, we we're at Notre Dame for this, and he's like, got an extra trap here, a little extra muscle here. He's like, he was like, what are we doing? We're trying to be a bodybuilder here, you know? Tim <laughs> Gruden. I was like, no, nah, I just, you know, I work out hard. My dad was a marine. He kind of got me into weights early, and, and then he kind of showed me some other pictures. He's like, I don't want you to be like that guy. And he showed a, you know, guy who looked rather out of shape, who may or may not have been in my draft draft class. <laughs> and then he showed me, <laughs> then he showed me another guy, and ironically, it was Charlie Fry. And he's like he's, And I ended up getting drafted and going to Cleveland, where, where Charlie Fry was. But he was like, I want you to look like this guy. He's like, see, he just looks like a guy you'd go out and have a beer with and go sling the football around with. I was like, all right, all right.
2: It's a little odd.
0: Well, the the whole John Gruden video cut up, which was like his thing, was odd. I mean, the, the entire video began with a cheetah chasing down a gazelle. And uh, we were watching it, and I was just kind of like, huh, all right, this is a little weird. Huh. Like, where is this going? And then he'd play, like, low lights, and then he'd play highlights. You know, he'd play, like, some, like, senior year, like any bad play I had, he'd play that. Hey, what happened here, huh? What, what were you what were we looking at here? And then he'd play, like, sophomore year high be like, see, see, man, I've been watching you for a while. I've been watching you since back. <laughs> He's like, you were one of the West Coast then, weren't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. He's like, see? So, I like, the, 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 it was an experience. Like, I, that's, that's the sort of stuff, like, you never forget.
2: Yeah. Like those
4: little those little moments in time.
2: Yeah. But the comp was interesting, the comp that was used.
4: It is called uh, the meat market. Did yeah. he say that or did he say yeah. something different? Is it something more more something to little,
2: the point? A little bit more impact in history. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I
4: know yeah. exactly where you're at. Okay. Yeah. Love that. The trade and block.
2: Huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just there is elements of the whole process where you're <laughs> like, What are we doing? You know? Like what they're measuring my hand, my wingspan. Now I'm standing on a scale in my skibbies in front of a bleacher full of full of guys.
2: Yeah, that's a little odd, man. Up there in your BVDs, that ain't even the worst.
4: That ain't even. I mean, maybe on your mental that that might be, but that ain't even the worst part of the combine, man. The the worst, the absolute worst, is when you're getting the physical over and over and over over and over and over and over and over. Like how many times are you going to pull on my knees? Well, because they couldn't believe it. How many times are you going to well,
0: hold on. So well, let me ask you this. That's that's funny. Um, when you went, were there – so ours was four teams to uh, a room. So you had eight rooms. So that they – I don't know if it was like that for you, LeVar. Was it like that back then or was it just individual I, teams?
4: I think it was – no, it wasn't individual t- – I, I think it was just one room. One ah. room with so, all so these tables and all these nurses. And, yeah, basically. Yeah. So by the time I got there, they had
0: eight different rooms, and you had four teams to a room. And they all kind of looked almost like collectively. They, they kind of like went through the, the process of it. So they did expedite it a little bit. But I'll never forget, I got to the eighth room, and I was good, dude. Like, I was lying my ass off <laughs> about any injury history. I was like, yeah, man, I've only got a concussion. That's pretty much it. That's a clean bill of health. Yep, nope, no issues, <laughs> nothing going Let's on. Let's wrap this up. And finally – Finally, we get to the last room, the last doctor. I can't remember if he was – it might have been from the Chargers or someone. But he was, like, pulling on my knee, and he's like, oh, this one's pretty – he's like, oh, you got any injuries on this? I was like, no, no. no. What, what happened here? What do you think's going on there? I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't I mean, sh- looks good to me. Look at that VMO. Look at that like, quad muscle. And he was like, we're going to have to get an MRI on that. He's like, by the and, way, why like, well, don't we get, get one
4: on both? And they send and you they, out. Yeah, you then you're gone for six, seven ah. hours. Ah.
0: You're so I did. Two
4: MRIs, you're I did that same player. thing. I did that yeah. same thing. <laughs> One of the doctors that did my scope in high school. <laughs> Bro, okay. Here,
0: here's the other messed up part. So I went to see Dr. Andrews for my PCL. Dr. Andrews. Was the Washington Commanders, not the yep. name back then? Yep. He was their yep. doctor, so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yanking exactly on my knee, doctor. and I'm looking at him like, I know he's old. I'm like, this dude definitely is. I'm like, does he? He remembers, doesn't he? Like, he, I literally just saw him like, I don't know, a month and a half before that, and then I, and he kind of winked at me on the way out. So I was like, all right. And it, I think he was like, oh, good job in the rehab and all that stuff. I was like, oh, okay. But I was like, this is such a conflict of interest. Like, he knows right away like like who is he working for me or, or the team
4: it worked like that for me Jim Jim Bradley did my knee when I was in high school he's the team doctor for the Steelers and I was sitting on the table and I had maybe made it to like my fourth or fifth table I don't even remember but it's too long but I remember I was sitting on the table and I, they, they was asking me about my knee and I was like yeah oh, my knee's fine uh, everything's fine and, and, and Dr. Bradley came <laughs> hey, walking <it> up <laughs> <laughs> and he started talking to me about, he was like, man, you've done so well since that scope. Da, da, da. <laughs> it was such a good cleanup job. I was looking, I was looking around like, hey, 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 I don't know what to say right now. Are I you? just keep smiling. Security. <laughs> I'm not going to stop smiling, but I, just, I don't know really what to, I don't know how to respond. <laughs>
2: By the way, I do have a transcript of what one of the doctors said to you guys. You want to hear it? Yes. Yeah. He said, fellas, it's time to stop treating your groins like (laughs) junk. Introducing the Gillette Intimate pubic hair trimmer. It's a gentle and easy shave from America's number one trusted men's grooming brand. Show your pubic region some respect. With Gillette Intimate, it's the best a man can get. It's two pros and a cup of joe here on FSR. Coming up next, somebody has full control over many members of the National Football League. We'll get into the details on that right here on Fox. Sports Radio.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
4: Hey, what's up everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up on Game. What is Up on Game, you ask?
2: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at oreillyauto.com/2pros. That's oreillyauto.com/2pros.
5: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris that you won't want to miss.
2: Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox are here. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up a little over 10 minutes from now, top of next hour from the TireRack.com studios. We are going to find out whether or not we've been screwed over by one member of the show. This happens every week. Lee DeLapp is responsible for these over-unders we come up with on Thursday Night Football. We're going to find out who he screwed over this week because it feels like we're taking turns every week. All right, so we'll get into that for you. Results from Thursday Night Football and the over-unders. Uh,
4: no, I feel he like alternates between you and Q, but he's consistently just got me in the back. You know, it's
2: cool. See, I, 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 I don't it. think so. I don't. I, believe ju- I just got off case. with
4: Troy. You know, I, I get it. I, I know what I know what Lee's up to. Oh,
2: you talked to Troy Vincent? No. Oh, okay. That'd be great. <laughs> so By the way, if we ever got him on, would you make me sit out of the interview?
4: Why would or, I make
2: you sit out? of Because there? I'm the worst.
1: Sure, show, man.
2: <laughs> Name my show. Just the cup of Joe here, man.
4: That's why there's only one
1: cup.
2: (laughs) Leave that alone. One cup. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. So uh, we all are right brought then. to you by Discover. We can then. talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how at Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. And we can talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. So you guys remember when Jim Mersey was talking about Dan Snyder back in late October and was saying this is merit to remove him as an owner. And it was like one of the most... Like he, he actually came out and said what a lot of owners have been fearful of wanting to say as like he he's gotta go basically and called out Dan Snyder. It's weird because then Jim Mersey spoke while sitting on a golf cart this week at the owners meetings and he had a he had a lung dart going while he was doing this oh yeah that's great full-blown lung dart ready to rock i
0: love how some people still rip (laughs) cigs a ripple hey
2: all the medical advice in the world doesn't mean anything nope don't care he he is fine he is off and running maverick uh here was jim (laughs) ursay talking about the dan snyder and whether or not he deserves to be in the nfl as an owner of the washington commandos conversation sounds a little bit different than it did a couple of months ago
0: I'd want to hear all my partners, and I'd probably want to hear from Dan personally to us. Um, it's a it's a big deal when that sort of thing happens. Uh, I don't know if we've ever done it as a league, so I, I you know I would need to hear more.
2: Huh. It's weird, like yeah. the, the tone changed there for some reason. Like, what, what what happened in the last couple of months? Almost like maybe they're not as confident that Dan Snyder's going to play ball like a lot of people thought he was. Because now Albert Breer came out yesterday and talked with us on the, and had this report out that there's people within the NFL that believe that Dan Snyder is going to pull the old uh, yeah, oh, I'll sell okay, the dope. team and then. Nah, I don't think so. I'm going to kind of lead everybody along and then set a price at, what, $7 billion? Like this astronomical price to see whether or not anybody would actually bite on it. So basically, Dan Snyder's just jerking everybody around in the league. Like that's how this is going. And just playing the petty game and just leading everybody along. So this whole conversation about Dan Snyder's got to go, it's only a matter of time. Would you guys be surprised if he just toyed with everybody and just drugged this thing along and it wasn't ending anytime soon?
0: Um, I guess. I, mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to read into the words of Jim Say there that all of a sudden make this grand proclamation of, of what's going to happen with Dan Snyder. You know, the, the theory that could he you know, say, hey, I'm trying to sell it for this, and if I don't get this, I'm not going to sell it. Uh, sure, there's probably some merit to that. Like, you know, if, if you've got something that you want to sell and you're wealthy enough to be able to hold on to it, if you can't get what you want, then, yeah, that could probably be the case. But I still think there's a um, I mean, the biggest difference is what's changed the past two months is midterm elections. And if there's not as much pressure from Congress on him and the activities of that team and so forth to also put pressure on him to sell it, then that's to me is the difference is if he doesn't feel that political pressure and heat, in particular in that area of the country, uh, that would also align with other NFL owners who want him to sell. Like, that's what's changed in the past two months. That could change maybe his tune on w- what's going to happen.
4: I, I just think this whole workplace culture deal has some really, really deep holes connected to it. Some some deep rabbit holes and I think to maintain ownership and and face the possibilities of what may continue to surface in terms of information-wise, I would assume to 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 kind of you know protect his family, stay faced with his family. I would think that this has to be a legitimate, viable option. That's what I would say. More so, protecting his family from. From everything that's connected to this, you sell the team, you move on. Maybe these files get get locked away, and 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 the the public embarrassment, you know, is is avoided. So I mean, it's one thing to be embarrassed as the the, the owner. It's another thing when your family is is dragged into it.
2: You think he would get seven billion if you set the price of seven billion? You think he would get seven billion for that team?
4: I don't know.
0: I'm probably
2: not. Denver got what? Jeff six? Bezos.
0: You know, yeah. he's got those. Big old rockets he's riding.
2: Yeah, I mean, how much does a crank shuttle go for? If you you just traded one of those to Snyder, could you get the team?
0: Straight up, right? Crank shuttle for the uh, Commando.
2: Straight up. Oh, geez.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.